BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. As Jay-Z says, uh, allow me to reintroduce myself. For anybody who is listening to We Met at Acme for the first time, who maybe found it from the last episode or the episode before, my name is Lindsay Metzelar. I'm from New York City. I started this podcast a little over three years ago when I was hopelessly single and recently dumped on my birthday and just had a lot to learn when it came to dating. Almost three and a half years later, or yeah, I think it is three and a half. I am in a really happy relationship living with my partner. And and by the way, still learning every day, but I have learned a lot and I share it with my listeners on this journey in hopes that they can you know, take whatever they can out of it. A lot of my rules are not necessarily things that I force upon people or tell people to do. They're just things that have worked for me. And that's really it. I am so grateful that you're here, that you're listening, and I hope you continue to do so because we talk about subjects that most people don't talk about, but everybody wants to hear about. What a month it has been and it's not even over yet. Well, I guess technically this is the last day, but January is a long one. I will say it's been such a fun January because we've had so many amazing guests and that continues today with Teffy. She is hysterical and just a breath of fresh air. And I'm really excited for you to experience my conversation with her. I feel like she was so real and so open. And I have a feeling you're all going to be huge fans of hers. But before we get started with Teffy, I'm going to answer a few of your questions that you had submitted and then we'll get right into it. Somebody said, how to make your dating profile stand out? What do guys like to see? Hmm. This is an interesting one. I think for me, when I had a dating profile, on, you know, multiple dating apps, it was really important for me to show a sense of humor and like a lightness about it. So I would never have written anything like looking for something serious or, you know, wants kids or anything like that. But instead it would be more like change my mind about like salads being horrible or just like something controversial that gets people's attention, that makes them want to respond to you, but also shows that you're, you know, lighthearted and you don't take yourself too seriously. 
Um, also, I think it's it pays off to kind of put yourself out there in like a weird way. Maybe tell like a story about yourself that shows who you are. And then if somebody responds to that, then it shows that they kind of like who you are up front, which is, which is great. And something that we talk about today with Teffy. Talk about narcissists and their sneaky ways. Um, yeah, I mean, I dated a narcissist and it was definitely a shitty experience for me. I think I don't know enough about narcissists in terms of a professional standpoint that I can, you know, really speak to. But I will say that they need constant praise and admiration. They're, they have a sense of entitlement. They think they're really important. For me, I felt like an obvious trait was that they, you know, of course, wanted to talk about themselves all the time, but they didn't make an effort to get to know my friends. And they were always worried about what people thought about them. And like, it, it always came back to them. They never took responsibility for anything they did. I remember this particular narcissist I dated had messed up at work. And when he came to me to tell me about what he did, it was all about what other people did that made him mess up. And there was no ownership or responsibility. So I don't know if that's a narcissist trait or just an immaturity trait, but it's it's tough. So if you think you're dating a narcissist, definitely do some research, maybe talk to a professional to see what to do for Valentine's Day with a brand new boyfriend and what to get him that's not cheesy. I think if it were me, I would just go to a dinner, socially distanced outside, or I would make dinner, maybe make pasta together. That's a fun activity. And I wouldn't overdo it. If it's a new relationship, I'd probably just get some chocolate or candy for them that I knew they liked. I was actually just answering questions about getting someone a gift if you're not official. I don't think you should do it. I think if a guy gets you a gift, maybe have like a backup chocolate or something to give him if he does. But I wouldn't initiate the gift if you're the woman in the situation and you're not official. Dating somebody who's unemployed. I feel like that's super common right now. You know, there's no question there, but I will say that it's tough, but try not to hold judgment against them because we're in a pandemic and many, many people have lost their jobs. And so I would just try to have empathy in that situation. Someone said to talk about Miami versus New York. Well, I love New York to death, but at the moment it's, Tuesday, January 26th, when I'm speaking at this at this moment. And so I'm quarantined in isolation with my boyfriend. We are following all the rules. And so I'm not really experiencing New York right now the way that I was before I left for Miami. But I'm very excited to, you know, when I'm negative and all is well, to go out to dinner again outside, socially distanced, and just feel the energy of the New York City streets because I feel like that's just so unique and it's so alive here. Miami was amazing, but it was way more laid back. It was more about the sun and it was a little distracting to get work done because I always wanted to go outside and be in the sun. But in New York, I feel like the hustle back on. Mercury retrograde. So yesterday, as in January 30th, Mercury went retrograde and 
So as of now, I mean, I'd be surprised if there weren't some glitches in this podcast because of it, but technology should be slower. Communication should be a little harder and, you know, your mood could be affected by it. You could be hearing from exes, having weird dreams. So just be aware of it and let it pass. Is it weird to have been in many relationships, but have never felt like you've been in love? No, I don't think that's weird at all. I think that love is a really serious thing if we take it seriously, which we should. And I look back on so many of my relationships and I don't know if I ever was really in love, even the ones that lasted more than a year, because I think love is such a deeper thing that you don't really understand until you, I I don't know, I guess like experience the most intense love, if that makes any sense. Not sure if I'm making sense. Somebody asked about little disagreements you have with your boyfriend and how you resolve them. We've been living together now for almost like 10 months, I think, or at least it feels like. And now we're quarantined in isolation together. We don't have disagreements as much as we literally, we physically get in each other's way because we're in this small apartment. And so, you know, he might be doing work. I might want to watch TV, vice versa. Right now I'm recording this and he's locked in our room so that he doesn't make noise. And I think it's just being mindful of each other. I actually, I will say a disagreement we just had. Last night I was eating goldfish out of a little bag and he, and I was like done halfway because I had just eaten dinner and dessert and I was going to throw it out. And he was like, don't throw that out. I'll eat it. And so I gave it to him and he put it on his desk. And then I was hanging out in bed. And then I realized, wait a second, did you ever eat the goldfish? And he was like, oh no, I didn't. And so I was like, so the goldfish bag is sitting on your desk open right now. And I'm just so OCD about food being out. It gives me anxiety, like truly. I'm Maybe it's the Virgo rising in me. I just feel like bugs are going to come and it's just like, doesn't keep a nice home and I never like to leave food out. And so I was like, you need to go and take the bag and throw it out or eat the goldfish. And like, I was just being really annoying about it. And he was like, okay, wow, like take a step back. It was, I know this sounds like the dumbest fight ever, but essentially I was just being a little bitchy about it. And he was annoyed with my tone. But I think ultimately, you know, he went to go get the goldfish to take care of it. He understood. And then I apologized for reacting to it. And and he helped me to calm down by being like, what's the worst thing that could happen if the goldfish is out? And I'm like, you're right, but it is annoying. So get rid of the goldfish or like eat it. Don't say you're going to do something and not do it, you know? Um, but that's kind of the worst fight that we have in these circumstances. We're pretty lucky in that we don't fight often. Um, and when we do, it brings us closer and we feel good afterwards, which I feel like is definitely a green flag in relationships. And last question, how to rekindle a flame with an old hookup slash make the first move if you haven't spoken in a while? I would just be like, hey, remember me? Or like, hey, stranger. Um, actually, that's kind of creepy. I would maybe be like, hey, should we do this again? Or like, remember when we used to hang out? Let's recreate that vibe. Just something lighthearted, something funny. Um, again, never take yourself too seriously. And okay, one more. Somebody said, 
I have to get all the I hate all men slash men suck attitude out. And I agree. I think that if you have that attitude, then you're first of all, manifesting bad things, but second of all, setting yourself up to not fail, but like to not experience great men and good men. And so I would just try to start fresh, not be naive, but start fresh when you meet somebody and take it from there. So now on to Teffy. Are you single and have been complaining that you're not meeting anybody, but you're not really doing anything about it? And you're like, expecting someone to just burst into your home and ask you out because that's super unrealistic. And you need to do a little bit of the work yourself, manifest, you know, the whole nine yards. So if I were you, I would have downloaded the dating app, OkCupid. If you haven't already heard of OkCupid, it's famous for matching people on what matters most to them like the type of relationship they want, the food they like. They actually ask you really thoughtful and provoking questions to get to the heart of who you are and what type of person you're looking for. So you don't have to, you know, say the cheesy, like I'm looking for a really serious relationship and blah, blah, blah. But instead by answering these questions on the OkCupid app, you reveal certain things about yourself and then they pair you with a percentage, like for example, 97% match with Matthew. And then you're like, oh, that's amazing. And then it shows you that Matthew has answered the question similarly to how you answered them. So you're already having like so much in common with this person when you do match. And that's what's so amazing about OkCupid. Also, did I mention it's free? So get to the heart of who you are and the type of person you're looking for. Download the OkCupid app. It's free. Just go to your app store and search OkCupid and download it today. I've been getting a ton of DMs from you guys about Valentine's Day and I love how ahead of it you are because I feel like so many people leave this stuff to last minute and it's just not a good look. So if you have someone you're official with, yes, make sure you're official before you get somebody a gift, unless you feel like you're really heading in that direction. And then you can have like a chocolate backup gift in case they give one to you. You know what I mean? Anyway, If you are looking to get an amazing gift for someone this Valentine's Day, my choice would be jewelry because who doesn't love jewelry in addition to chocolate and flowers? I mean, you should be doing the most if you really care about your partner. And my favorite jewelry is, as I've mentioned before, from Majuri. Majuri has anything from like small little tokens to big grand gestures. They even have engagement rings if you're, you know, in the market for those. But my favorite Majuri pieces are their Zodiac bracelets, rings, necklaces. I just got the boyfriend ear cuff, which I'm really obsessed with. And I also love my horizontal engraved bar necklace, which... I wear every day. And that's why I love Majuri because you can actually wear the jewelry every single day. It's not just like, oh my God, dress up, get fancy. Because let's be honest, we have nowhere to go right now. And so that's why I love this jewelry. And I want you to experience it too. 
and maybe get it for your loved one on Valentine's Day or get it for the gals on Galentine's Day. Just go to majuri.com slash Acme and you're going to receive 10% off your first order. Because I love you, go to mejuri.com slash Acme for 10% off your first order now. Check it out and tag me in whatever you buy. As a parent... Do you ever wish someone could just whisper some realistic and trustworthy support in your ear and not make you feel awful for not having all the answers? Well, that's what I'm here for. I'm Dr. Aliza Pressman, developmental psychologist, parent educator, clinical professor, and I'm a mom. My goal is to make your parenting journey less overwhelming and a lot more joyful. Please join me every Friday for new episodes of Raising Good Humans. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with amazing personality, Teffy. Hi. How's it going? It's going great. I mean, it's day 463 of quarantine. So literally, it's crazy. I'm getting to the point where YouTubing how to like, if I had to grow a vegetable garden, like I'm at that point, (laughs) you know? Wait, so for everyone who doesn't know you, let's hear some background about Taffy. So how old are you and where are you from? I'm 30 and I just turned 30 in last July. So um, a quarantine 30 is a real life 29 and that's okay. Um, I'm a cancer. So Amazing. I'm from Miami, Florida. And yeah. I have this saying that um, everywhere I go is Miami. Like when people are like, how's New York? I'm like, I'm in Miami, even if I'm in Brooklyn. Um <laughs> My mother is Colombian. My father is Brazilian. And I had a YouTube show where um, we talked about pop culture and then it's on hiatus because of Corona. And um, now I'm just like on TikTok all the time, oversharing. Oversharing is like my thing. I just love it, love it, love it. You know? I love that. I feel like that's so not cancer of you to love oversharing. Well, she's a Leo moon. Oh, of course. (laughs) Of course. What's her rising? A Virgo. Same. It is jail. It wow. Is jail. Wait, wait, July what? 22nd. Okay. So you're also on the cusp, like you're I'm, cusping. I'm, yeah, I'm on the last, last day. So it's a mm. lot of... You have the same birthday as Selena Gomez. I do. And I'm, every birthday, I'm such a loser for knowing that. I am sick of wishing her a happy birthday, not getting <laughs> her turn. I'm sick of it. I've been doing it for a year, you know, and Prince George. So rude. Beauty. Oh, the little little boy, Prince George? Little boy, Prince George. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's not reachable via social, but I do wish him mentally a happy B-Day. A, t- you know? a telepathic B-Day. Mm-hmm. You were actually just saying right before we started recording that you hate being called by your full name. Or not that you hate it, but but you feel like someone's mad at you if they very say your full curious. name. It's very, my full name. And I feel like my mom was like, how can I ensure everybody knows that she's Latina? My full name is Estefania Vanegas Pessoa. First, <laughs> well, last. And my mom, you know, like when you're learning, um, when you go to first grade and you're like learning how to spell your name, yeah. my mom told my teacher, she has to learn all three. So people had like Cindy Smith and I was just Stefania when I guess I saw. So the thing is like when my mom is mad at me, everybody in my family calls me Teppy, right? Everybody. But when there are many moments in my life, hello, like we've all smoked a cigarette in their mom's car, you know? Right. Like when you hear... Estefania. I'm like, whatever it is, I'm sorry. I'll never do it again. As a 30 year old woman, she'll call me and she'll say, Estefania, I'm like, I, I, I apologize. I'll never do it again. I don't even know what I did, but I, I feel it like it was wrong. So when I'm, <laughs> uh, w- when I started like a new place, like a new job, 
And people are like, um, cause Teffy, like you want people to take you seriously. And I feel like Teffy's very, like, I'm a very friendly poodle name mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I want people, you know, to take me seriously. So when they call me Stephanie, I'm like always on high alert. And after the day, I'm like, I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. I'm exhausted from everybody being mad at me all day. Uh-huh. That's <laughs> you know? so funny. No, I'm, I feel the exact same way. My, I mean, my name is, my full name is Lindsay. So it's obviously not as beautiful and interesting as, Estefania, Estefania. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just Stephanie in Spanish, but I appreciate it. Uh-huh. <laughs> but um, even so, like when people call me Lindsay, I'm like, what? It brings up childhood trauma, and I'm like, I yeah. am in trouble. You're mad at me. You're talking shit behind my back. Yeah, because yeah, you yeah. know, because like no one calls you by a nickname behind your back, which is like true. So hurtful. Like just the thought of anyone saying my full name behind my back, even if they're being like, Lindsay's such a great person. I'm like, but you're mad at me because you said Lindsay. I could throw up thinking about it. I could literally literally throw up. It's it's wild. Being Latina and stuff, like obviously in Miami, I am of the majority. You know, people that don't have a Latin American background or don't speak Spanish are like very few and far in between. Mm -hmm. But when I moved to New York, I was 22. And when I would tell people my name at like bars and stuff, remember those? And um. I feel like men would like fetishize it too. Like, ooh, spicy. And I'm like, it's literally Stephanie. Is that your daughter's name? Like I had to like, Right, right. Because men have this like a tendency to be gross, you know? Disgusting. They have this tendency. It's like their quirk. I'm like, let it go. Yeah, let it go. Let it go. Wait, so that that leads me to my next question, which is what is your current relationship status? I got engaged in... September. Oh my God. Congrats. On Beyonce's birthday. God. I love that. Wait, that's so funny because I feel like you, wait, on whose birthday? Beyonce Giselle knows Carter. Oh, on Beyonce's birthday on September 4th. Yes. Congratulations. I thought you said on Bianca's birthday. I'm like, who the fuck is Bianca? No. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But um, that's amazing. I feel like, so I feel like your TikToks or at least the ones that I've seen are like, not like shitting on guys, but like, are like, okay, guys like are annoying and guys are this. And so it's, it, it is surprising to me that you like, that you're engaged and that you from, I mean, you tell me, but I'm just assuming that you have like a wonderful, normal relationship with a guy. My relationship with, um, his name is Jason. And mm-hmm. well, first we met on Tinder, right? And Love that. he's been an agent for fashion models for 10 years. So there were like two things that, um, intimidated me in a way. And from the get go, I'm very blessed that he has been like very open to it. Accountability and sensitivity are number one and two period. Mm -hmm. So I learned very quickly that my identity and my ego was a lot, was conflicting a lot with relationships because I always say, don't make me be the strong girl. You know, I hate it. I hate when men make us like choose ourselves. I'm like, oh my God, you put me in this terrible position and now I have to like be strong and never talk to you again. And I want to talk to you, but now I have to like myself. So, and I realized that because of that, I would react so poorly and we've all done it. The walkout, get into the elevator. I can't believe he's not fucking chasing me. Then later on, make a show of it. And you end up apologizing for not acting in your true self, which is you really hurt my feelings. Right. So when I met Jason, I was at this like really pivotal spiritual place in my life. And he's the first person in my entire life of dating since I was like, what, 
four, like, like dating that I would say how I actually felt. And I didn't worry if he were to text me back or not. I was like, this is who I am. Right. I'm a lunatic, but I'll always be there for you. And I want to make you laugh and you can tell me whatever you want. Right. So I guess he was the first relationship that I was like, I'm going to cultivate a safe space and I want you to be my I love that. And I actually was just having this conversation with a friend. And before I continue, I need to know when is Jason's birthday? He's an Aquarius. Okay. So everybody calls my birthday J22. He's January 22nd, another J22. Oh my God. Also that's in numerology. It's important that you're both born on the 22nd. Um, I have a 22 on my ear. I have a 22 on my ear. That is unbelievable. I love, I went to art history. I like dabbled in college. I can't Mm -hmm. say I went, but I did dabble. Yeah. And the first class I took was like an art history class and they covered numerology as a human being, anything that I can other people tell me about myself. I don't want to learn it, but you told me, so I must be. So I got yeah. it on my ear, you know? That's so amazing. Well, every person I know born on the 22nd, including my dad is just fucking solid. Like, so like you can just count on them. And that's and such an important quality. Like, I love that. Love that. Love that. And I can tell that you're like that because you were right on time and you are ans- <laughs> you answer emails and you got Thank it, you. girl. But um, going back to you being like your authentic self, creating a safe space when you started dating him. Like I was talking to a friend about this and she she likes really nice things. And like, you know, mm-hmm. not everyone has mm-hmm. that as a necessity, but some girls are more like, some people are more high maintenance than others. Mm-hmm. And she, this guy wanted to take her out. And he was like, you know, what are you doing next week? And like, can we go to dinner? And she was like, yeah, let's go to this place. Nice and and she named a place that is like Michelin starred. And it's okay. really nice. And it's like very like shock value, you know, to him. And I said to her, I was like, you can't ask someone to take you to that place on a first date. Like that's, that's fucking crazy. And she's like, you know what? I can though. She's like, I'm done pretending. I'm like this cool, chill girl. And then like having resentments later that they didn't like make it nice for me when that is something that I really care about. And like, again, all, all people are different for her. She likes to be like wined and dined and like the luxury life, you know, not everyone likes that. There actually are some down to earth people, but that's not her. So she was like, I'm just going to be real and see how he takes it and like set the bar high from the beginning and show him that like, I am kind of high maintenance and see if he can handle it. And if he can't, then like, that's also fine. And he took her to the restaurant. It was like a ridiculous amount of money. He like had no problem with it. And he's been treating her like a goddess ever since. She said the standard. Yeah, because she set the standard. And like, it's so important to say what you want in the beginning and like create the like non-negotiables. And it's actually a conversation that's interesting. I want to have with you. It's like, how much do you have to set in the beginning? Like what rules and ground rules and like boundaries, et cetera, do you have to set in the beginning versus like kind of like, like, for example, let's say you're the type of girl that wants flowers. Like, do you have to say that in the beginning slash how much of that do you have to say in the beginning versus like them already being conditioned to know that type of thing? Does that make any sense? Yeah, a hundred percent. Because for so long, we have this idea that the perfect person will just know, you know, and Mm. I've come to the conclusion, even when it comes to like manifest, 
manifesting, praying. You, I always say the same thing. Nobody, nothing in the universe is a mind reader. And if I didn't say it, I can't blame you for it, you know? Right. So that's something I had to learn. And I am new to boundaries because I, for so long, wanted to be cool girl, like gone girl, cool girl monologue. Yeah. Like I eat pizza. I love beer. I never get yeah. a pound. Basketball. I love basketball. Uh-huh. And that's just not me, but I'm, I'm excited to learn about new things and that's good enough, you know? So I needed to start, I have a perfectionism complex a lot too, where if I'm not like the best, you know, like if I'm not the most interesting, the most this, the most that, I'm nothing or whatever. And it's exhausting, right? So boundaries, I realized I was pouring all of my energy and going sober helped me realize it a lot too. Like this identity that I was so tightly wound around. And my biggest thing was like, I need to have boundaries because if not, I'm going to spend my entire life exhausted by mm. thinking about how I can best serve other people. And then I take a backseat and that's not fair. It's not yeah. fair. And it also sounds aging to me, which is something I don't want to do either. So totally. I had to, I was after like a year and a half of dating Jason that I had to sit down and I was like, I am going to change because I am unhappy. It's nothing to do with this relationship, but how I'm handling myself. And these are my boundaries. And the biggest thing was, are we still going to vibe? I don't want to get fucked up with you anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to, I don't want to stay out till five in the morning anymore. Like I want to wake up. I want to feel good. I want to, I don't want to regret the things I say anymore, or I don't want to feel like I walk into a party and um, it's all dependent on my energy and I have to make sure everybody's having a good time. So I'm instilling these boundaries for myself. Are you with it? And, and thankfully he said, yes. But when it comes to a time too, where it's like, um, how do I say this? People think that compromise and commitment is, or is like telling you what to do is like parenting, right. you know, like grounding someone is jail. And that's not what it is at all. Like, God forbid you tell somebody to grow up, right? Like Mm -hmm. grow up. So I think that was the biggest thing. Like I have to take care of myself and I'm not going to get along with people who like don't want to take care of themselves either. Mm. And it's really hard to let go of the identity that you had created for yourself that was safe. You know, right, like I was right. myself like La Padiasa, which in Spanish means like the clown. Like right. she's like the first girl to show her tits at the bar. Mind mm. you, I have great tits. I'm ha- I'm fine with that. <laughs> but like um, I had to let go of how I was fitting in so well in other people's lives and then coming back. I let my cup spilleth into every single cup except my own. And I feel awful. Right. right? Yeah. And honestly, like, I don't know what I would do if I was single. I was in a relationship at that time. So it was a lot easier. I know what you're wearing right now. Sweatpants and a sweatshirt. Same. But have you thought about amassing an amazing wardrobe so that if and when you can actually leave your house and be seen again, you emerge looking like a god or goddess? Well, I certainly have. And that's why I have discovered Stitch Fix, which if you haven't heard of Stitch Fix, basically they offer clothing that is hand-selected already by expert stylists for your unique style, size, and your budget. They find amazing clothes that you will love to wear because it's fit for your life. And 
you don't have to worry about, oh my God, I just like, I don't have style and I don't know what to get and I don't know what to wear. Stitch Fix does everything for you. And they send you a little box with all the pieces that you can try on at home before you actually buy them. Then you keep what you love and you return what you don't. It's so easy, free shipping, easy returns and exchanges. And a prepaid return envelope is included in the box. There is literally no subscription required. You try Stitch Fix once, or you can set up automatic deliveries. You only pay a $20 styling fee for each box, which gets credited towards pieces that you end up keeping. No hidden fees whatsoever. Get started on your dream wardrobe at stitchfix.com slash Acme. You're going to get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. Stitchfix.com slash Acme. You'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. Stitchfix.com slash Acme. Try it out and let me know what you end up wearing. I have so many questions. Tell me now. Come on. Okay. So how long have you and Jason been together? We got engaged a month before our 30 year anniversary. Okay. And is there an age difference? Is he 30 as well? He's he's turning 33 on Friday. So two okay. years, three years, and two and a half years. How far into your relationship did you decide to become sober? I didn't know that you were sober, but I am as well. So obviously sober sisters. Um, like how how long into the relationship was that? I had been on and off for so long because I would kept backing out from questioning myself. I've been off and on for a year, but I have started, I decided in 2021, I'm over it. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I feel like it's one of those things. I'm just like, I've already been fucked up. Like, so I don't know why I keep doing this, you know? Yeah. So is, are you completely sober or just yeah. sober from alcohol? Mm-hmm. Sober. Yeah. I don't smoke weed. I would go like, I don't do any drugs. I can't even smoke weed. I would go to the hospital. I, I'm the girl that's I'm having a heart attack girl. That's me. Yeah. Wait, but is this, is, I see a tattoo. Is that a weed leaf? Oh no, it's a bird. And a oh my on the God. Subway, stop me. Teenagers on the subway, stop me. They're like sick weed tat. I'm like, it's not a weed tattoo. Wait, that's so funny. Cause that's obviously where my mind went. Cause I saw like the three like flower things, but now turning around, I'm like, oh yeah, that's a bird. It's so funny. I was going to say, I was like, how does it feel being sober when you have a weed tattoo? I think my mother would, would, it's, start like unpeel her skin off if I got a week tattoo. Peel her skin That's so funny. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, I That's can't. That's so funny. I'm yeah. Not, uh, I take like three Advil and I have like a panic attack, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, yeah, same. And and so, wh- so you decided to get sober. And by the way, this whole like, you saying that you felt like you had to be like the entertainer, the clown, like it's totally your Leo moon. It's like that like yeah. pressure to entertain um, and like be that like center of the party. Mm-hmm. But obviously you made a huge decision and it's had a massive impact on your life thus far, which is amazing. And you're feeling good. Was it happiest I've ever been? Hard? Like what? Cause you know, I know a lot of people will like go to a program or get some help in some way. Was it the kind of just like something you decided on your own and like you've been able to stick to? So I suffer from anxiety and depression, right? Mm-hmm. And I have had a handle on it for a long time, thank God. And um, even when I don't, I have already been in therapy for so long that I I know what to do. You know, like like I know I know when something's off, 
I know how to catch a panic attack. What happened is that the hangovers became too expensive. And what I mean by that is peace of mind to me is priceless and hangovers just became too expensive. It was ruining the way that I felt about myself. It was ruining my peace in general. It was ruining little things that give me joy. My skincare routine gives me so much joy when you're hungover, you don't want to do that. And what happens? You eat like shit. You don't go to the gym. Then you, and I suffered from an eating disorder when I was younger. So like these like triggers to feed myself and, and be well and take care of yourself and listen to your emotions totally out the door with, um, being hungover and alcohol. And it got to this point where I was like, I had a hangover that was so bad. I started crying when I woke up and Jason's like, is your hangover that bad? And I was like, no, I'm, I'm sick of letting myself down because if I am going to drink alcohol and I just keep going because I feel all this pressure to be social, I don't want to do it anymore. And I'm Mm. so sad that I keep doing it when it doesn't feel good. So that's really what happened. It was like the drinking for me. I, I know when to stop, but the hangover just, it, and I'm 32. Like I'm, so alcohol affects me differently. So meaning like I can have two glasses of wine and I'm fucking wrecked, you know, like the next day. Right. It's not worth it to me anymore. It's just not. Yeah. You know? And so many people don't realize that's an actual option. Like so yeah. many people are like, you know, like I have no choice. It's just what I have to do. Like, the hangover is just part of it. And it's like, no, like if it's really that bad, if it's really that debilitating, if it really makes you feel like shit, like you don't have to do it. Um, But that leads me to my next question, which I live for your TikToks. They're amazing. That's so funny. Thank you. What, um, What are your most popular TikToks and why do you think they became the most popular? Because I never know like with the algorithm, but you have some great content. So... I feel like my most popular content is pointing out like ridiculous things in pop culture, especially like right now. It's weird because um, there are kids on my TikTok that don't know that Britney and Justin dated. That's That's insane. Weird. That's fucking weird. Like I said it once, you know, like when Britney and Justin broke up and somebody commented, wait, Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake. And I was like, Hold on. So talking about, yes. So nostalgia for them is like the way that we saw like hippies, which is (laughs) crazy. It's so crazy. So talking about that stuff and like, uh, I'm a big Britney Spears fan. So free Britney and uh, they see Britney as somebody who used to sing and now does weird Instagram videos. They have no idea, you know, like the, or like how, or the Spice Girls to them is like a band that like, you know, and it's crazy to me. So people love learning about that because that style is so back and nobody wants to be caught with the band tee and somebody say name one song and they're like, like, I feel like that kind of feeling Mm -hmm. and then dating. And my biggest video on TikTok is I said, and play this when you get back from a first date period. So afterwards I wait and I say like, Hey, you looked great. You did great. Don't second guess anything. And you don't have to send that. Thank you text. You do not. Yes. And people were like, holy fuck, I've been sending that text for so long. And I was like, the moment you feel like sending that text is because you are fishing to see if it went as well as it did. Decide that it did for you. That's good enough. That's good enough. 100%. 100%. And literally, it's like my biggest argument with people who don't understand what you and I are saying and will even be in denial. And they'll be like, no, no, no. I'm sending that text because I was raised well. If you were raised well, 
you would sit with it. First of all, you would say thank you on the date. Yeah, you were, and, and they did. And yeah, they yeah. They so, so there's absolutely no point. And I'm so happy. I remember like a couple people sent me your video originally. And I was like, fucking finally. Like, finally, this is out there from not just me. Because so many yeah. people were like, you're just saying that because you like play games with boys. Like, no, it's nothing to do with games. It's even, you are playing a game by trying to bait them to continue speaking to you. And I don't think that people understand that we have the power to decide. Like literally, we have the power to decide. And when we don't decide, we're letting other people decide for us because they will. They will. If you give people the opportunity, they will. So when you decide that I made a great impression and that's enough. And I, and I liked him. We vibed even, I even have a rule that like, when you want to talk about somebody new in your life, people are so excitable and people are, whether they know it or not, are always looking for a, but an if and, and I, even when you tell a friend about like, I don't feel well, well, could it be this? Have you tried ibuprofen? Like people are so excitable. Mm. Don't overstimulate yourself to the point where you forget how you really feel, you know, or you feel like you have to fight and have a discussion with somebody to defend how you feel. Once you get to that point, you've overshared, you know, the truth. It's kind of like how I tell people, I can't really tell you what to say about your boyfriend, even if it's my best friend in the world. Like I've known some of my best friends since I was six and they asked me about their boyfriends. The person in a relationship with you is going to know you in a way that I will never know you ever. Mm. I cannot tell you, you know, I cannot tell you what to do. All I can ask you to do is to choose your piece and what that means and to communicate in a way that is vulnerable and transparent, or you're going to act in a way that you're going to have to apologize for later. Cause that was not your true self. And right. you have nothing to apologize for when you do that. You know, that's such a good point. And that's why you can't really do something that a friend suggests that you do. Like every time I've done that, I've been like, Regret. So, I've been so regretful of it. So regretful. It's crazy. Like, that's the, that's the reason too. Like I'm so into meditation and I got so into meditation that alcohol was getting in the way of that. And, um, that was a big reason for me because I really want to connect and I want to explore this ego. Right. Because a lot of the times when people say like, I can't believe they did that to me. Um, when I get to that point, I have to remember that they are a human being. They're someone's son. They're someone's best friend, but not empathize to the point where it's okay. Um, like it's like you excuse them, you know, Mm. it's okay to understand somebody so you can meet in a place that's like, um, a loving place. If it, every, every situation is different, but hopefully with you and your partner, it's in a loving place because every time, every time I have not, I've listened to somebody else. Like I've listened to Janet's advice. I don't even know a Janet. Let's say (laughs) Janet Jackson gives me some advice. I'm sure that it would work for Janet Jackson, but unfortunately for me, alas, I'm Stephanie. I'm an ass So like that uh, to act within your true self is uh, like so easier said than done. Though it's so it really, done. it's and really people, true. And you only have a minute, or like however long this like your podcast episode goes a week, right? Like you yeah. only have a minute to explain authenticity. So I always try to say, I know how hard it is. I didn't start doing it till I was like twenty fucking eight. Right. But there is a fine line. It's like, yes, you have to be yourself, but like, no, you don't have to triple text them because you're being yourself, you know, like you, you be yourself, but like, you don't like, 
you don't do something that like, you know, you wouldn't like if it was done to you, you know? This is what freaks me out too. Um, because I have like a following, right. And it's so exciting to like connect with so many people, especially like young people who I'm like, Oh my God, the way that I was you. Right. But then there are people that come on so strong Mm. and kind of like make me weary. Like the energy is like, like if somebody says, you know, like I had a dream about you and Jason, like, I love Jason for you. He seems like such a great, like something like too personal. I like cringe a little. And I can see that happening to me so many times in dating because I am so excited to like meet people all the time. I really love it. And I can see how being yourself too soon, all of you, can be overwhelming. So there is that like fine line, you know, like I think about it, like how long did it take your best friend to be your best friend? You know, it's the same thing. It takes a long time. It's a long time to, and how many times has your best friend fucked you over? So like, please, uh, me and my, one of my best <laughs> friends, we had thought our winter, we didn't talk for like a year. It's our, the winter of our friendship, you know? So I guess it's expectation is truly the root of everything to do with, um, the way that we think we should act and the way that we feel like other people should act. Yeah. And it humanizes people a lot. For those of you who don't know, my career started out in social media and social media consulting for brands. And now that I have this podcast, which is becoming full time, I don't really have the time and energy to devote to social media clients as much. And that's why I am so heavily reliant on Issue. If you haven't heard about Issue, it's an all-in-one platform where you can create and distribute beautiful digital publications. So brochures, magazines, sales collateral, and more. You don't have to be using a million different apps now to put something great together, but instead, Issue makes it so easy because all you have to do is simply upload your PDFs and files, and Issue actually does all the work transforming them and using your vision and customizable templates to create the content you want. You literally just create it once and it distributes everywhere for you. And you can start using it for free or start with the premium features if you want a more customized experience. It's totally up to you, but I would check it out whether you're in the social media world, marketing, or you just want to make things look good for your Instagram or Pinterest, whatever it might be. You can get started with Issue today for free when you go to issuu dot com slash podcast and use promo code ACME. And if you want a premium account, you can get 50% off by using the same website, issuu.com slash podcast and use promo code ACME at checkout. That's issue.com slash podcast with promo code ACME. Excited to hear what you think and what you make. So The last topic I want to discuss with you, and this one, like, it's very controversial. It's heavy in a lot of ways. And I don't want to talk about it in terms of like gossip and like, you know, celebrity drama, but more so I want to talk about it in terms of like where the line is when it comes to kinks and things like that. So Army Hammer, obviously, yeah, you know, he is... I don't know when this particular episode is going to come out, but around now, you know, it's mid-January. It just came out that he is into some some shit, you know, when it comes yeah. to sex. And he 
uh, people are calling him a cannibal. I don't know if there's proof that he ate anybody's body or whatever. But a lot of people are saying like, what's the big deal? You know, this is what he's into. Like people who are making this a big deal are shaming this guy's kinks and whatnot. What do you think about like, is it a big deal? Is it not a big deal? I mean, granted, like we believe all the women, we already know that, right? We don't think anyone's making anything up, but that drama aside, like when it comes down to kinks and what you're into, like what is the line? Where does the line draw? In my opinion, I think that sex, intimacy, physical intimacy, whatever is meant to feel good, release something, increase connection, you know, um, at least in my life. And I follow a bunch of the girls that um, are coming out with these screenshots and we, we speak, you know, and what they're saying is not that they're not kinky. What they're saying is that they said no to him or he lied. Or I think the worst thing that somebody said, two things. One girl said that um, she said the safe word and he didn't, he didn't stop. He pretended not to hear it. And she was like screaming the safe word and he didn't care. So that's Mm. like one thing, like when it comes to, I feel like BDSM, that's like the golden rule, Yeah, you know? And like, for me, like the kinkiest thing is like, it took me a little bit, but not too much. Like, you know, like, right. right. I can't even imagine. And then the second thing, a girl was expressing that he wanted to like fuck her with, can I say the F word? Yeah. (laughs) He wanted to fuck her with like a belt around her neck. And she said, okay, as long as you don't clasp it. And he said, of course not. And he did. And she had like terrible, terrible bruising. And when he, it's called aftercare. She asked for like aftercare. And he didn't speak to her anymore. And she felt like extremely violated, lied to, and she didn't have anybody to talk about it with. So a lot of these things, I don't think, I don't think that's a part of the BDSM community. And I think that when people call it kink shaming, it's almost unfair because the BDSM community has worked so hard to be understood. It's so, it's, it's more than sex, right? Like Dom, sub, it's so much more than sex. And it's a safe place where people are free to express themselves. And you make sure that everybody is comfortable. And the moment somebody isn't, it's over like lights on. Right. Right. And, um, he didn't care. And I think that like the worst thing is they kept saying, but he wouldn't let it go. He wouldn't let it go. He kept asking, he kept asking. And then I was scared that he would dump me if I didn't. And he knew I was uncomfortable. He knew I was traumatized. He, he heard me crying during and he didn't stop. So not only did you like not care about like their physical boundaries, but m- mentally, I can't even imagine like trying to tell yourself like you love somebody and at the same time, like, but they've hurt, they hurt me and they didn't care. Like there's so much going on, you know? Yeah, that's so fucked up. That's just so, that's to me, it sounds sociopathic or, or narcissistic. I can't even... I just feel like it's so what you're saying is true too. like the kink shaming thing. I can totally see why someone would think that at first glance, but then you have to put yourself also in the place of like, he's a charming, successful actor. And he used that to his, to his power and yeah, to his advantage. And that's, that's fucked up. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and impressionable. And these girls were like 1920, like they're not, yeah, and they and they want to be liked, and they're you know still developing into women and people. 
If I saw Harmy DM, Harmy, Harmy, uh, Harmy. You should call him Harmy because he fucking harms people. Seriously, if I saw, if like, I think about it like this, like when you connect with like an influencer you like or something, it's so exciting. If I saw him answer my DM and I was 19, I'd be so excited. And he knew that. And he knew that. And he knew he was on the up and coming. However, one of the girls came out and said, he's absolutely broke and I paid for everything, which is crazy. I believe that. I'm sure his wife fucking took everything. Yeah. They're together right now in the Cayman Islands. They're quarantining together in the Cayman Islands while everything is coming out and people are seeing him at parties laughing about it. Some girl saying- I saw that on Dumois. It's insane to me. Insane, insane. But I guess they have kids. I don't know what that's all about and how complicated things get there. But that was really interesting. And I'm really glad that we discussed that because I feel like whenever people discuss BDSM, they don't do it in the really sensitive- empathetic way that you just did. And it actually, it's like, it almost makes the community seem like, like a really amazing supportive community, which is awesome. So for anyone that's listening who like wants to do BDSM or try BDSM or whatever, like do it. Yeah. Okay. So we do these poll questions and I haven't put up that many today because we've been celebrating our anniversary, but I'm going (laughs) to, thank you. But I'm going to ask you some rapid fire. Okay. 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 Are you more interested in someone's life if they're in a relationship or if they're single? (gasps) Single? Because I want to make sure they're okay and not like tainted. Mm, But what if the relationship is like sus? If the relationship is sus, I I always think um, people will talk about it if they want to. So I try to, that's, I think that's where oversharing comes into play too. Mm. Like if I can sense something, we all have that as women, you know, you know, when something's awry, you'll be with somebody, they check their phone, like the, like classic toxic relationship at a party. She's in the corner texting. Yeah. I'll go up to them and I'll make the first move. I'll like not to bait, but to just let her know, like I've got you where I've been like, Mm. I hate it when Jason doesn't answer and he knows that I get nervous. Right. It's so annoying. I am so, and then if she wants to share, she'll do it. So smart. You always have to create a safe space by telling them something about yourself. Even if you're fucking making it up, you got to give, you got to put some skin in the game. If you want people Mm -hmm. to trust you, you know, Mm -hmm. red flag or no big deal. If they don't eat leftovers. I want to say a little bit of a red flag. Mm-hmm. Leftovers mm-hmm. are fucking bomb. Yeah, you know. Facts. Yeah, I mean, bomb. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. Depends what leftovers. Chinese food, I won't. I hate that rice the next day. I fucking hate it. The but, rice the next day isn't good. It's yeah. cold, and like, it's, there's no you can't not put it in the fridge. It's stone. You it's know? stone. It's stone. Red flag or no big deal if their opening line on a dating app is "You're hot." Absolutely. Goodbye. Oh, what was Jason's opening line or your opening line on Tinder? He ghosted me for months. He was like, this is my key. This is what I tell people. The key is to find somebody that was a big of of a whore as you were, whether it was a lot or a little. Uh. And that's like when people are like, find somebody with the same demons as you know, you have to find somebody who's going to meet you at the same like hoochie mama level. (laughs) Like a hundred percent playing the game. Like I'm I'm sure he's seen it. I'm sure when we walk around Brooklyn, they're like, is that that guy? Like a hundred percent he is. He was on every uh-huh. single dating. App. I think uh-huh. even wag the dog walking one, like everything. I'm dead. And then, um, I think that he was like so busy trying to like not connect with people. And I was in Miami for a month. So when I told him I was in Miami for a month visiting family, he didn't talk to me for 30 days. 
Like he was <laughs> not. And then one day at 10.30 p.m., I was like doing a game night and um, he was like, do you want to meet me at this bar? And I said, yeah. So I went to the, I went to the bar or whatever. And we had a conversation and he like, and I was like, hello, I am human. And he asked me to come home with him. This is crazy. He asked me to come home with him. And I said, no. Right. And he tells everybody I fell in love with her because, you know, she made me wait and it made me like really anticipate seeing her. Jason, I fucked you on the second date. What kind of life are you? What are you talking about? That's fucking hysterical. I guess, I guess he was used to that first, that first date. I sent him my number as a first message. I was like, hello, 305. That was my first (laughs) message. Yeah. That's really funny. Uh, When you remove photos on Instagram of like your ex or whatever, do you Mm -hmm. delete them or do you archive them? I delete them. I delete Mm -hmm. them. I just don't see the point. I have, I have never had a, like, I really respect it. People who are friends with exes. I really, really respect it. I honestly don't. I don't, I I just don't (laughs) get how I, and I, I do everything. Like, I don't know about you. I don't do anything halfway. I'm fully in. I'm fully. Same. I don't like the friends with exes. I do. I do. I I disrespect it. I disrespect it. I honestly think that it's so it's like, so lame. Like it's weak. It's like, you don't need to be friends with this person. Like you don't. One of my best friends is still best friends with her ex-boyfriend and it was her first boyfriend. And it's super toxic. That's all the, that's all the, they don't like, they don't, don't, they fight, they go on dates with other people. They've been broken up for years. And it's your first love. So that's like the most intense feeling. Like you got to get rid of that. That's the worst thing too. I was like, somebody, when I got my heart broken the first time. And I tried to tell her the first time I got my heart broken, I must've been like, I was a late teen. And, um, my mom said, the good news is that you'll never love somebody like this ever again. And I was horrified. I was like, Oh my God, don't say that. But now I realized looking back, she was saying, you'll never let somebody treat you this way. You'll never put somebody on a pedestal like this. Idolize this love. Exactly. That's exactly what a first love is. Exactly. It's a hard lesson, Uh but Uh That's actually a really good poll question. I'm going to do that inspired by you. Your significant other's parents bicker constantly and the mom always puts down the dad in a very overt way, but your significant other aspires to their relationship. Bring it up or leave it alone. I think there is a safe way. Confrontation does not have to be aggressive. And that's the thing that I preach all the time. There is a safe way to say that. And I think the way to do that is to say how much you appreciate, how much he loves his family. You know, you start with something so, because mm. you love that. You love people yeah. who love their parents. Sandwich that shit. Who? Your boyfriend? Like, no, like sandwich it. Oh, you know? sandwich it. I thought you said your name, your boyfriend is sandwich. And I was like, and I love it. <laughs> I love sandwiches. I had them for lunch, you know? So I try to say like, I, I, you know, you're so close to your mom. You're so close to your parents. I wish I was but I communicate my communication styles a little differently. And I think that if you were to snap at me like that, I would really take it to heart. Good. That's really well said. You have Mm -hmm. have to be as human as possible or else you're like me. Like in my mind, when I date somebody, we're married, babe. This is like our children. Our children is like a Lily sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) I love them, you know, and trying to like create a, a home with you. Yeah. And you have to learn your love language, which I love. Totally. Nobody tells you that you have to learn your fight language. Yeah. If you put them to a solution together, 
like the way that you talk to your best friend or your mom, the way that you treat that to bring that dynamic into your relationship is like toxic. It's like, this is a whole- You have to, mm -hmm, you have to have a good way of fighting, communicating, especially in public, especially in front of like your kids' friends. Like, no, fuck that. But I want to, this has been amazing. I feel like I'm talking to someone I've been friends with forever, which is the I best feeling it. ever. I feel it too. I feel the sparks. I love Should it. We run um, away? No. <laughs> what'd you say? Should we run away together? Yes. Like, yeah. Let's run away. Let's run away. <laughs> um, do you have a quote or piece of advice, Taffy, that you could leave our listeners with? I say, I preach this all the time because I feel like people, there are, there's a certain percentage of people in the world that are born knowing their whole lives and until they're brave enough to do so that they were meant to be seen and heard. Right. Mm. They know it. Um, or they, they know they have something to say. Right. And a lot of these people don't know how to get started on the internet. And it's not because they don't have the platform. It's not because they don't have the logins. It's because they're so scared of being sent to like that one group chat of those bitches that you went to high school with or that that. guy that you're, you know, so share has this quote that if you're not willing to look a little foolish, you'll never be successful. Everybody looks stupid at first. You know, everybody looks ridiculous. When I started doing my YouTube show, I had like, it's live. I had 10 viewers. So in my mind, I was like, uh, on the show, I'd always be like, it's 10,000. So when people say, if there were 90 views viewers, they would tell me, like my team would be like, there's 90,000 viewers live. And it got bigger and bigger. But I was in marketing first. I was, right. I was in, I was like not a person that was ever... And that, but I knew I wanted something to say. And I just had to, again, decide that I did not care. Right. And if I did care so much, was it worth not doing what I feel I was meant to do? You know, I, f- I feel the exact same way. You can be one of two people. You can be the person in the fucking television, in the screen, or you could be sitting on the couch talking shit about the person in the screen. Who do you want to be? And if you find yourself hating somebody... Like if you feel, if you find yourself looking at somebody and feeling that envy and want to say like me, like whatever, that big handed bitch, like whatever it is, <laughs> you need to, you need to lean into that and realize that that is only gas to the vehicle that you should do it on your own too. Exactly. And there's room for everybody. There's room for everybody. You know? That's so true. Where can everybody find you, follow you, check out your YouTube channel and your TikTok? So I'm Hello Teffy across the board. Across the board. You can find me on TikTok, Hello Teffy, Instagram, Hello Teffy. Um, I talk a lot about like meditation and authenticity and confidence and Britney Spears and pop culture <laughs> and whatever. And um, I have a podcast with my friend Molly. It's also like link in my bio. Just go to my Instagram, go to link in my bio. I have a Y2K playlist on Spotify too for when you're working on it, when you're driving. Oh my God, I love that. I need to check it out. My 90s playlist is the most followed playlist ever. So we have to exchange 90s playlists. Oh my God. Of of, 66 hours of music. Oh my God. I know, I really did it. Holy shit. Okay, I'm gonna, I might have to steal some songs from yours. We'll see, we'll see. Thank you so much, Tappy. 